If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it because we are welcoming back the one and only Miss Judy Gold. Hello, David Yontif. Good Yontif. Hey now. God, I am funny. And no one says that to you, right? No one ever says that. No, not not in New York, Judy. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I mean. People don't know what that means. Yontif, by the way, means holiday. So you say good hot, like if it's Rosh Hashanah or any other Jew, Yom Kippur, well, you don't say good Yom well, yeah. Um, but any Jewish holiday, that's how the Jews say it to each other. They say good Yom Tov. And do you know that my, so my father has two brothers. One of them changed his last name way back in the day to holiday. So I have a whole group of my family that's named holiday. And no I used, way. I used to want to do that when I was young. I mean, David holiday, you know, especially yeah, like. good. It's the, the ship has sailed now. I mean, back in the day, my parents were like, you know, this is when you used to listen to your parents, you know, when you were young, they're right. like, there's 0% chance that that's happening. I mean, right. now I would just be like, F you and do what I want, but the ship has sailed and that's not happening. Wow. But Are there they, you go. That was, how did they pick holiday? I think because of young tip and they're like, you know, it was like, just oh, right. That's right. Oh, they just Amer- Oh my God. Can you believe I didn't fucking get it? I'm like, wow. you're the one that brought it up. I'm like, oh I my actually- God. I was like, Holiday. And then I thought, oh, I know someone with the last name Holiday. And now I see the etym- etymology of the. Okay. I guess they anyway. thought, like my uncle thought when he was getting into business, that isn't this a great sentiment that back in the day he thought, you know, this is too Jewish. Yontef, let me change it to holiday. Mind oh. you, he's a lawyer in finance in New York City, so I don't know why you can't just let your Jew flag fly. No, but you know, I had older parents. Um, father was born in 1916, and my mother was born in 1922. And rest in peace, both of them, but a lot of anti-Semitism. And especially my mother, her first job, my aunt, who's still alive, um, college, you know, she had really great grades and her best friend also had really, you know, they were both equally like one and two in their class. And they they did not take my aunt, they didn't even let her apply. Um, but wow. so I have all these family stories because they came, they lived in New York. So, you know, it, it it was there was so much anti-Semitism here in New York City, and it's just it's getting worse and worse and worse. Thank God these people are not alive anymore. Except Diana's, thank God. But yeah, thank God. Well, you know, on that note, the last time you were here was like in 2020. You had fled New York. You were in P Town. Yes. 
your book just came out. Yes, I can say that, you know, which talked about cancel culture and what we can say. We were in the height of the pandemic. And now your book, Yes, I Can Say That, has been turned into a one-woman show, which will be premiering on March. It's in previews March 4th at the 59th Street Theater. And then it starts on March 21st, and then it lasts until April 16th. How did this book become a stand-up one-woman show? Well, it's not stand-up, I have to say. It is... So the book became a show because um, Primary Stages, which is this nonprofit, amazing theater company, they have put up so many brilliant shows. Uh, I have been teaching there for over 10 years, um, solo performance. I teach people um, how to to write one-person shows, like where the story is. And, you know, I've been doing this for so long, and they came to me and like we would like to um do something with you now this is my third one person show so um first one was 25 questions for a jewish mother which was about i interviewed jewish mothers all over the country um and and then we redid it in 2019 at the cherry lane theater because primary something happened they had the theater and you know, this show got canceled, some uh, some like business crap. At the last minute, they were like, do you have anything? And I was like, yes, I'd love to redo this show. And it was amazing. So they said, let's do another one. So the first one was that. The second one was the Judy show, My Life as a Sitcom, which was about my addiction to sitcoms growing up and how I really thought I was going to be on a sitcom. When I got <laughs> anyway, so uh, th- so I, I had just written this book. And... I said, I'd like to do a show about cancel culture. And, you know, I was thinking about who, you know, your director is so, the director is so important. And I always have worked with directors with com- who were completely different, who had completely different uh, backgrounds than me, because they're going to bring something, they're going to see, you know, can I curse on this? Yeah. They, they're going to see shit that I'm not going to see. They're going to you know, I'm going to say something, they're not going to get it, or they're going to say people, you know, whatever. It's just, so I have been friends with B.B. Wong since we were on All-American Girl, the um, sitcom with Margaret Cho in 19, was it 94, 95? Yeah. I think so. And he is such he's really into directing now he really wants to get into directing and he's such a theater person and he totally gets me uh in a way like in a deep deep way um and i was like bd would you direct and he was like absolutely and it's been such an amazing collaboration my friend eddie sarfordy gay uh is writing it with me and it's it's amazing. And it's such an important topic. So it's not stand-up. So what can people expect that are going to come see this or well, listen to this and come buy tickets? Uh, this, it, it really is, a sh- I mean, if you read the book, you know there's so much history in the book of how we got here. Um, I think it is maybe a sort of, in a way, a comedy intervention about, you know, let's stop taking ourselves so fucking seriously because honestly, silencing comedians, and it's not, it's, it is about free speech, but it is from the perspective of a comedian. 
silencing the people who tell the truth, who who make are just trying to make you laugh. They're just trying to make you. That's the end of free speech. We should be scared. So I hope people will leave there with the oh my god, we got to stop this shit. You know, um, because it's a danger to our survival. I think as humans, I completely agree. Like, where do you think we are? Because, like, to me. It's like twofold, right? It's like before we get to canceling someone, you have to start with like the fact that everyone is so offended by every sentence. Well, it's that's, like, yeah, right. That's the first layer. It's like, oh, you know, uh, that's that hurt my feelings. Um, well, too fucking bad. You know, then change the channel or or you know leave or t- turn to another station on the radio. Like, no. You know, it's not about, that's the thing. It's not about you. No comedian was thinking about your childhood trauma when they wrote their material. And the world is not a safe place. You know, you're from my generation. I got fucking abused growing up. Like every day, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Orca, blah, blah. You know, like all day, every day. Um, I've been humiliated. And you know what? It wasn't fun but it made me who I am today. And I had to deal with it. This idea that everyone gets a fucking trophy, like that's not the way the world works. That's not how it is. People are better than you at things. You know, people are better looking at than you. People are more gifted than you. Deal with it, find your place and stop blaming everyone else for your fucking issues. And, and, and the intent, that's the thing. Like a comedian, like you can take a joke one way. But if the comedian was telling the joke and you take out their intent, that's the end of the joke. Because, you know, you know, you murder someone, you go on trial for homicide, your sentence is determined by your intent. What were you thinking? You know, and yet you'll take a joke and only see it one way, not the way the comedian intended. Or you won't even listen to the whole joke. You'll hear a fucking word. And you'll go, oh, I can't that word. You know, like, seriously, cut the shit. I agree with you. Listen, A, people are offended every day or every week by me. I get it. People are probably offended by something that came out of my mouth or your mouth today in the past 10 minutes that we've right. been talking. Just go it's in the like, basement to put the recycling down there. I'm sure I insulted someone. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer... The world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door. 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. 
Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Big change in my life, which you guys know. I'm now splitting my time between New York and L.A., and L.A. is a driving town, except I don't drive. So, you know, I'm taking Ubers everywhere, and I swear to you, this is not the place to complain, but these Uber drivers are so... Why are we speeding up if the traffic light is going from yellow to red? And then we think we're going to make the light, but then you slam on the brakes. None of that matters because I have relief band. Before relief band, I used to get sick on a daily basis with a severe headache, not any more. Relief Band is the number one cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, even morning sickness. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist and you can change the intensity depending upon how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. Go to ReliefBand.com and use promo code velvet to get 20% off plus free shipping head to r-e-l-i-e-f-b-a-n-d.com and use promo code velvet for 20% off plus free shipping and to your point yes i also grew up bullied and life was not fun but here i am with a smile on my face like right like i'm sorry if it's offensive and the intent is not there like that's a far cry from like a kanye west right like we we've really lumped everything in together these days right it's it's yeah that's true like everything is equally as oppressive and it's not true and then you look at these comedians right and why do they pick on comedians because we're powerless you know you have these you know people who are in you know political power who legislate our lives essentially say the most egregious things that incite violence and yet you're picking on a fucking comic you know comics get killed in other countries they get killed in other countries you know um and it's it's also and it's so funny that we we get shut down so often um and yet these people continue on and on um you know it's it, it's been going on for a while, this whole cancel culture. And I'm like, oh, it's really upsetting. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think about, you know, Donald Trump, for example, because he's a perfect example of free speech. He would not attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner, um, which is this tradition where everyone gets picked on and mocked out and it's and it's you know i had a roast for my 60th birthday like i could not have been happier having five six seven comedians make trash fun of me like it was the greatest feeling and like look you know if you and i were ever referenced on saturday night live we'd be like oh my god Ah, that was even if it you know if it was just the most ridiculous mockery of us. It'd be like, oh my God, that is so exciting. And so here we have someone and most, a lot of leaders that are uh, sort of fascisty, 
you know, Hitler, um, Putin, you know, like you can't make fun of them. They can't handle it. They have no self-awareness. So he, he wouldn't go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And then he wanted SNL uh, investigated by the DOJ for picking on him. You know, there's a really interesting story in my book about the Smothers Brothers. Do you remember the Smothers yeah. Brothers? Yeah. Is that this righteous feeling? You've lost that love? No, that's not that. Oh my You've God, lost that the love. Righteous Brothers. The oh, Smothers sorry. Brothers. Oh my God. I, I, I was close. I mean, I was close, right? He... No, it's just the fucking brothers. Anyway, <laughs> so the Smothers Brothers had this show in the late 60s. It was a variety show and it was very politically charged. They would really deal with a lot of political issues. And um, they were really pouncing on President Johnson, who was the president at the time. And his daughters loved the show. And they were essentially fired because they had Pete Seeger on and they, they broke all these stupid rules um, that, and, and Johnson had called the head of CBS and was like, can you ask them to kind of lay off a little? I mean, like, it's just, and they were like, all right, we'll try. And, and they said, you know, we'll lay off a little bit um, if we can have Pete Seeger on. And they didn't know Pete Seeger was this, you know, radical folk singer. And then they got, they got fired. But what happened after they got fired and were canceled off the air, Johnson wrote them a letter saying, listen, it wasn't always fun for me, but this is America. And this is part of my job. And I have to say, um, you know, this is what I love about our country. I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, you know, whatever. It was like a very positive yeah. acknowledging. Yeah. Can you imagine anyone in in Congress or anyone writing like, thank you. You know, I, I know this, this was hurtful, but you know, it's part of my, it's part of being a public figure and uh, I get it. And good luck to you. No. We've gone really far. Like right. what, what do you think of like a Kanye? You know, like that's another example, right? Like, oh, Kanye is well. First of all, he's mentally ill. Um, I have a feeling, David Yontif. I've always thought this. You know, I've always thought that the the white supremacists, the you know, the people who are are afraid of losing their power and and becoming invisible. You know. Um, they, there's nothing that makes them happier than having the Jews and the blacks fight against each other because we together forget it. You know, we can conquer the world. And if you go back and it's like, it's so uneducated. If Kanye goes, you know, these are all um, tropes that have been around forever. Um, do your due diligence. Who, who, who were the, founders of the NAACP, Jews, who marched with Martin Luther King, Jews, who got killed, um, you know, in the marches down in uh, Mississippi, two Jews, uh, you know, we have been fighting for social justice forever. And a lot of the reason we're in these certain industries is because we were not allowed in other industries. We were, we were shut out of them. So banking or, you know, the things that we were allowed to engage in and excel at, you know, people think 
you know, we're all wealthy. I can tell you not true. I have one bathroom and, um, I mean, I'm happy I have a bathroom, but with two fucking large, gigantic sons, but Kanye is dangerous because he has, you know, we have this, it's all social media. Like he has so many followers and they're not doing their due diligence. They're not. So when he says something, they're like, yeah. And, you know, I think about some of the shit he said and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of Jews in Hollywood. We started Hollywood because we couldn't, we had no other fucking inroads to, you know, to certain industries. We were, we were banned from them. Um, but then I go, you know, I, I go to, I, I go to the diner and they're owned by Greek people. I go to, you know, you go, when we come here as others, we find sort of industries and we, we bring our brethren. Oh, I hate that word because it's, I, I said it before and someone's like, that's very masculine. I'm a white supremacist, but we bring our people along with us, you know? Um, and also the Holocaust, it didn't, it wasn't that long ago. It was 12 years before I was born. I can't even, like, I thought it was like forever ago. Yeah. And I realized, you know, I, I grew up around people with numbers on their arms and, and Eastern European accents. And, um, this is not funny. This is, this is destructive. Um, and why it's the always they hate us you know my mother was like they all hate us everyone hates us judith and i used to be like okay right but it it is so true whenever there's like you know issues and problems like we're having in this country there was a pandemic and we get blamed for everything we are two percent of the population in the united states we are two tenths of one percent of the population of the world it's that's scary mind-boggling right yeah when you say it like that yes what like i remember i saw i went to i had tickets i went to see joan rivers the day i mean i've seen joan rivers a million times the day michael jackson died it just happened to be the day and she came up with a michael jackson joke and she's like Sorry, it might be too soon for some of you, but I'm Joan Rivers. No, I was like, she's the fucking goat, the goat, fearless. You know, she would always say, I love Joan, I knew Joan, but she would always say, you know, I'm saying what everyone's thinking, but too afraid to say. You know, if you don't address the elephant in the room as a comic, you're not doing your job. And I remember uh, when Louis C.K., the, the night he it all came out, I was on stage at the cellar. And I got, and you know, everyone's like, you know, and I love Louis. He, I've known him forever. Um, and I got on stage and I said, Hey, before we begin, um, just wondering if it's okay if I masturbate in front of you. And it broke the tension. And I said, all right, I asked, at least I asked first, you know, and it just broke it and it was out and it was done, you know, because a joke is a buildup of tension and then a release. And Joan was the fucking queen of going there. And that is like, I wonder, I mean, don't you wonder how, what she would be talking about? Um, 
on stage and, and what I, I just I think about her every single day. Um, and she, yeah, it's, I'm sorry. If, if you're too sensitive, then don't go to a fucking, oh my God, I have to read something to you. And then I was going to ask you, what, what do you think Joan would be talking about today? Well, you could read this first, but I mean, okay. I just want to read, um, this, uh, so I was doing a set at the cellar. Okay. Hold on. And um, I don't know, it was right before, uh, oh fuck, it's not here. Oh, it's gotta be here. Okay, whatever. Um, so I was doing a set and, uh, you know, I love, one of the greatest things about standup is there's no fourth wall. And, you know, I love talking to the audience. Um, I love crowd work. I've been doing it for, you know, 35 years, whatever, more. Um, and so there was these two people in the front, it was Christmas time and, uh, the husband and wife, they were young. They just gotten married. They were from South Carolina or something. And I was totally ragging on them. Like, oh, you're from South Carolina. Oh, did you have any, um, any gays at your wedding? Any, you know? I, you know, I was going off on their wedding and they're like, um, uh, yes, we did. Caitlin, I go, oh, Caitlin, you're one gay friend. Oh my God. Great. So you had one Leslie. Okay. And then uh, I said, do you have any Jewish people at your wedding? And they're like, I don't think so. I'm like, great. Right. And then I asked if they had any black people and they were like, oh yes, my mother's friend. One, yeah. I said, her friend or her home health aide. Like I was just totally ragging on as a joke. The husband and, and the audience was fucking cracking up. The husband DMs me on Instagram about how, you know, her, her, his wife is in tears. We came to hear your comedy and, and, Thank you for ruining our, and I'm like, oh my God. I said, listen, if you take yourself that seriously, you should really reconsider ever going to com a comedy club, let alone sitting in the front row. Happy holidays. That's what I, I said. I just, you know, it is a, if Don Rickles, if you went to a Don Rickles show, right? And he didn't pick on you. He didn't abuse you. You'd be like, oh. I wish he, I wish he had, you know, called on me that that's gone. That's gone. It's, 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 I, I just don't, I'm sorry. It's, I know I was going to say when I, when I come see you and sit in the front row, feel free to, like you said, if, yeah, if, I, if someone wants to roast me on my 60th birthday, if Saturday night live wants yes. to name check me as the most pathetic person that's ever existed, right. like by all means, please bring it right. on. Humility. Humility, truth. And, and I, I say the same thing you do, like when people comment and did it, I'm like, don't listen. Like you don't have to listen to me every single day. Right. I'm not they forcing love, you to listen. Right. Everyone has a platform now and, and everyone's opinion is equally valid. It, it's ridiculous. It used to be like, you know, shut up, go to the basement and, you know, go jerk off or whatever you do down there. And now it's, 
you know, shut up, go to the basement, go on the internet and find, you know, 50,000 people who agree with you and, you know, like a Yelp review. One Yelp review will ruin a business. One bad, like, oh, I didn't like the waitress. She was a bitch. So I'm going to, or server, I'm sorry. Um, She was a bitch. So I'm going to go and write a review and I have this many followers. I'm going to shut this place. No. You all might think I make it look easy running this podcast, but four years later, I can tell you it hasn't been. The hardest part for me, honestly, has been hiring good people. I either can't find people that are qualified to do all these jobs that I need, editing, producing, or I find someone that qualified and then they leave me. It's not me, is it? I don't think so. But listen, now I can actually look forward to hiring because I have Indeed. It's really changed my life. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So I don't have to spend like multiple hours on different job sites and looking for people with the right skills. I have no spare time if you haven't noticed. And what I love is their Insta match. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed match my job description. So I can invite them all to apply in one place right away. Quick, quick, quick. That's how I need to work here, people. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, like here behind the velvet rope, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash Velvet to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Velvet. Let me say it one more time. Indeed.com slash Velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application, pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I I agree. And I'm always like, you're going to be offended by me again, probably soon. So, I mean, just cut cut your losses now. Right, right, right. Like, I mean, I can't, you know, and it's never something egregious ever. It's the the most ridiculous thing like that. Like you were just telling me that story. I was like, did you see I was laughing? I I could picture this. It was just hilarious because, you know, it's just making fun of them. It is hilarious. In in this New York, you know, I go, you know, it's whatever. What, What do you think Joan Rivers would be talking about today? On stage, you know it's interesting because that's such a good question because I, I'm friends with her niece, um, who's just brilliant, Caroline, and so I wondered because she was such good friends with Donald Trump, and she really, you know, he really catapulted her, you know, she he reinvented she reinvented herself on his show, and you know if you look at old interviews, she really was very um, complimentary of him and effusive about him. And so I asked her, like, what do you think? Because I thought, there's so many times I thought, you know, it was divine intervention that she died before, you know, he became president um, because of the divisiveness. If she had come out in favor of him with all her gay followers, you know, and Caroline said to me, I don't think she would, I think the putting kids in cages things would have really sent her over the edge. You know, she, she wouldn't have liked his policies. So um, I, I don't, I mean, I definitely think she, she'd definitely be talking about Harry and Meghan. She'd definitely be talking about Alec Baldwin and George, George Santos and, you know, but I think it would have been really hard for her to navigate 
um, you know, the politics of, of, of this and cause he would have come after her, you know, like, absolutely. Like he came after so many comics. No, oh, no talent, no, blah, 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 no one want, you know? So I, I think she, yeah, she, her take on popular culture was, I mean, you like, look, remember people used to get so upset when she made fun of, um, whatchamacallit, um, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And she called a mutual friend of theirs and was like, does it bother? You know, she okay. And she, Elizabeth's like, I don't give a shit. Now that happened. No one knows that happened. And that, and it's like, so why is it bothering you? If it doesn't bother Elizabeth Taylor, the only time Joan ever took a joke out of her act was Willie Nelson's daughter was like 11 or 12 and wrote to her and said, listen, I'm getting, you know, teased about this joke about him having some pot joke. And she took it out of her act. But, you know, seriously, you like this idea of like, all right, so we're talking about not you know, not doing jokes because it's going to offend people. And then that's, that's number one, you know. And then you think of these fucking librarians who are being told that they, they can't have books in their schools, the school librarians. It's fucking ridiculous. Toni Morrison. I, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Where does it end? This is like, this is what I, you know, you don't want to read it. You don't want your kid to read it, then don't fucking read it. But art yeah. is not to be erased because there's a word in there or a scene in there, you know, that you don't like too fucking bad. Who are you? You are not the fucking boss of, you know, everything is dangerous. Art is dangerous. And if it's not dangerous, then it's shitty. Then we're, we're going to be listening to fucking, you know, Muzak and telling knock-knock jokes. How do you live your life? I mean, stay off social media. Don't turn on the TV. Don't leave the house and just stare at the walls. I mean, right. I don't understand. Like, if you're not like, offended by this, you'll be offended by something else. Like, I, right. I, I do not understand that type of person at all. Like, I literally don't. Because I'm like you. You could literally, you can go for the gay thing. You can go for the Jewish thing. Like, come at me. If it's met, like, it doesn't bother me. Right. And, and you can go for the gay and Jewish thing. If you're not, you know, a homophobe or anti-Semitic, right? When it's coming from, you know, like, here's an interesting thing. Um, so I'm doing my off-Broadway show, and yesterday, uh, you're the first person I'm telling this to. Um, yesterday, the publicist person, uh, or the 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 digital whatever, digital, 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 um, media person. It was like, listen, we want to do a post because it really is about, it's about stand-up, the show. And it's about, you know, the people who shaped my sense of humor. Um, but also what happens, you know, when you silence comics. And so she said, I'm going through all these old videos and we're going to do like a Judy through the decades um sort of digital 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 post and so 
I was what and I she was sent me clips and I was watching these clips and in 1989 I was on stage and I talked about high school I must have been like uh, 26 27 and I'm talking about high school and uh, I say I was in the band I was a band fag and I say band fag on stage in 1989 um, which would Right, you know, someone could go post that now and be like, Judy said band fag, fag. You know, it, it ha think we evolve. There are certain, th every comic can go back five years, five years and say, oh, can't do that joke anymore. Um, and that's fine. But you can't go back 40, 30, 20 years and start vilifying people, you know, for things they said, it, it's, it is wrong. Like as a gay, you know, all we do, you know, we have, we've dealt with homophobia. I went through the fucking AIDS crisis and all you want are these people to evolve and be like, you know what? I said horrible things. And I've since, you know, come to terms with the fact that my kid is gay and I'm so sorry and blah, blah, blah. And I support him or her or, blah, or they, them or whatever. And, <clears throat> then you know someone else and you and they've done it they you know and yet they'll get called you know but but 10 years ago you said blank it's like we're here to fucking make you evolve and then when you do we we bring out it's like being in a fucking bad relationship with someone who brings up old shit all the time it's really it's it's a waste of fucking time it is a waste of time. Like you look at like, so like, for instance, like Chris Harrison from The Bachelor was canceled. I mean, he got $25 million on exit. Ellen, I guess, is technically was canceled. I mean, Ellen seems fine. Like, you know, so like these people are canceled, but then what? It is a waste of time because well, they- Ellen they... is fine. She's going to be fine. She has a lot of cash. Um, But, and that was, I, I don't think she was, oh, well, Ellen was canceled- in the in the 90s that show was canceled because she came out um but she you know she's she did well afterwards but yeah it was it was like i remember it's funny you know i came out in on stage in 96 um because my first son was born i had and i was like oh this i you know like if i don't talk about being a gay parent, right? What kind of message is that to my my kid? You know, that, oh, this is a secret, we don't talk about it. And I had to. And it the effect it had on other people was really amazing because people would come up to me and thank me after the show or tell me, oh my God, my, my daughter or my son is gay or whatever. But the effect of the audience was really interesting because I had been working the mainstream clubs. I always worked. I was a mainstream comic. I wasn't, you know, you think about, you know, um, the, you know, Frank Maya, Leah Delaria, um, my best friend, Bob Smith, who um, passed away of ALS, uh, Suzanne Westenhofer, Kate Clinton, Robin Tyler. There was all these people who had been out and, and really working those sort of uh venues out venues because they were not welcome or on a 
specific night, perhaps. Um, and I had been this mainstream comic who came out in the mainstream clubs. Uh, and there was a, a palpable shift in the audience when it was before social media, when they would come see me because they knew me from, you know, HBO or whatever. Um, and I would get into, you know, I have kids, I have a kid and then, and then I became two kids, but, you know, and I would talk about, and you could hear like, oh, wait, what? And then after they laughed, because I had the same fucking problems as them with an added, who's the real mother bullshit. Um, they, they realized we were, we're just, our families are the same as your families, you know? And it definitely had such an impact. Um, it was hard for me, you know, in the beginning, because uh, I was like, hey, I'm the same person, you know, you're not gonna laugh now. All of a sudden you find something out about me and you're not gonna, like, it's on you. You have to put it on them, you know? Uh, but when I hear, when I have young gay kids come up to me and say, I was like, I lived in the middle of nowhere and I put on Comedy Central and there's this big loud woman lesbian screaming about her family. I was like, wow, you know, and that really is just the most, I, I don't, it, it's my heart just. It makes it all worth it. But there was a, there was a, you know, like I didn't get as much after I came out, it definitely shifted my career. It, it did. Like you felt I hurt your career in the beginning or in general. I was on a fucking roll. Like you can't believe that I came back to New York. Cause I had, uh, we had Henry and, um, I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show. I was writing and producing, which was just great two years, but I did this thing with Alan King. Uh, and he said to me, you need to perform. You can't write. I wrote for Ed Sullivan. You're, you know, you need to do what you do. And so, and I did, I, I, I left after two years, but I had a great time and I learned so much. Um, but it, yeah, it definitely shifted. Um, and I was told by management, you know, don't talk about the gay stuff, but more, more than the gay stuff, it was can you straighten your hair? Can you dye it blonde and, you know, maybe just undo it up a little. And if you look at my headshots from the late nineties, you'll see, like, I look like a fucking newscaster. Um, and then I did my, you know, off Broadway show, 25 questions for a Jewish mother. I was like, don't fucking tell me how I'm supposed to present. Like, no, and oh, so. That ended that, but did, yeah, it definitely had it, it shifted for sure. Did you ever regret coming out like in the beginning? Like, oh, it hurt my career. No, no, You're shaking your head. Never, nope, and oh, I, I absolutely not. You know, I, you know, comedians, you know, people call me a lot of a lot of very uh, out people now waited until they made millions um, or that they were set, you know, I couldn't fucking live with myself, especially with a child, you know? So I don't regret it. My bank account regrets it, but I don't regret it. 
what about like I had Michael Musto on my show. I mean, you're from New York, you know, like he's, you know, he built a whole career and like come out, come out wherever you are. When he was on my show very recently, you know, he was like, Hey, Queen Latifah. Hey, Missy Elliott. Come on, girls. Like, what do you, where do you feel we are about like, should we be, and this is no shade to Michael, you know, should we be suggesting people come out that aren't technically out? I mean, I don't think those two people are out. Uh, no, Queen. I think Queen Latifah's out now. Is she? Uh, yeah. Um, oh. But, you know, I don't believe in outing people, but I do believe, you know, I have honestly really bad feelings about people who remain in the closet when they are role models and can fucking, you know, you think about the children, you know, I recently told this story on stage because there were a lot of young LGBT um, Q, which the Q is annoying to me, you know, like we're clean here. No, you're not. You're gay, lesby, bi, or trans or whatever. And then whatever, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, you know, for me, queer was like, but you know, I've I've evolved, so I get it. I get the pronouns thing, but it's like, so when someone says queer, it's like, okay, but how? You know, I just want to know what uh, does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean for you? Okay, so I I was I had all these young gays in the audience and you know it's so funny to ask them like oh what'd your mother say or your father say and they're like nothing uh-huh. and I'm like you're welcome you know and I tell this story when I was with my ex Sharon um it was before we had kids I'm gonna say 1986 or 87 she um had her first big business trip overseas and it was in Amsterdam and she went with a colleague who's married to a man and we went to Amsterdam and stayed in this magnificent hotel that, that the company was putting up and she had some conference or whatever. And I was not allowed, I could not be seen with her at all. Meanwhile, the, the colleague who was married, you know, the husband was like, welcome it, whatever. Oh, is your husband going to come? But I couldn't even walk into the hotel with her. I uh, would have to leave or we'd have to, you know, walk around the corner and then she'd go in in case someone at night was in the lobby. And then I'd walk in, you know, 10 minutes. It was because uh-huh. she would have gotten fired. And so I used to go in the lobby in the morning. They would have, I would go out with the husband and we'd go like to museums and get stoned and stuff like that. And so I'd see her in the lobby sometimes in the morning and I'd go, hi, um, oh, are you, are you American? You, and she'd be like, yes, I'm you know, like, but that's how we lived our lives. Yeah. In, in hiding. And then we moved to another hotel when the thing was over so we could, um, you know, go be ourselves. But this is the way people lived. Yeah. What was it like working at the Rosie O'Donnell show? Because I had Anne Heche on this podcast, like literally, I think like last year, and she told me a story of like, when she was there, this is like after the whole Ellen thing, like backstage, they said to her, like, 
do not even talk about it, about yourself. Like, basically, like they said, like, you can't even bring up the word gay because, like, Rosie wasn't out at that time. Like, not even right. to ask Rosie, just about yourself. Like, you can't even, like, you know, like, there might be, like, a little something between you that, you know, middle America might pick up on. Like, she couldn't even, like, bring it up. And I was like, wow. Wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Um, You know, it, here's what was great about working at the Rosie show. It was a bunch of theater nerds and gay people and all putting on this fucking phenomenal, phenomenal, groundbreaking 10 a.m. in the morning. Can't can't miss television. You know, like what's it called? Uh, I forgot what they Destination TV. I don't know what the fuck. Anyway. And so, of course, everyone was out. Um, but it's funny because I, I don't, you know, Rosie had, El, I went to Rosie have Ellen on and they were doing the Lebanese thing, but it, yeah, it was, I, I, I often thought like I would sit with John McDee in the morning and for rehearsal or something. And I, I often thought, like, if if Middle America knew that this is a show put on by a bunch of gay people and theater nerds, and you're fucking addicted, like, I I just always wondered, like, what they would say, and if anyone was surprised when Rosie came out, like, really, like, come on. So it just shows how blind people are. But I. I don't remember. I, that's that is crazy about Anne Heche. Yeah, and just like rest in peace, and just like don't mention it. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. Well, you yeah. did work at the Rosie Show. You mentioned your son Henry. I mean, does he? Oh. Does he? Does he understand that he was like held by God by yeah. by, by the Queen of the World? He does, you know, and he loves showing that, like, because uh, it was on the front page of all the newspapers and it was like oh henry and that so madonna came they thought it was going to be lord like she was her first tv appearance since lordis was born and everyone thought she was bringing lordis and when they asked if we could use henry as a prop i talked to sharon and she was like sure and this is before 9 11 so she gets to 30 rock uh, I'm already there because we had to be there at like seven in the morning. And so she gets to 30 Rock with the baby and everyone thinks it's Madonna's uh, nanny who's in a business suit. So that sounds perfect. And um, the paparazzi were like, she could barely get in the elevator and she comes upstairs and uh, we're in the back with Madonna. She's getting, you know, comfortable with Henry. And I said, oh, he loves singing because I used to sing to him. I used to sing when he was in the womb. Like I would just sing, sing, sing. And she starts singing to him and he starts crying. I'm like, great. So um, I'm on the floor and Madonna comes out with the baby and Sharon's backstage. And then Rosie lets the cat out of the bag and is like, this is actually Judy Gold's son. And my mother hadn't told her friends and all of a sudden, it was like, Judith had a baby. What happened? How did I not know? And, um, you know, and that it started a whole bit of my act about how my mother would be like, Judith's roommate had a baby. And Judith adopted it. Uh, and, 
you know, and then it became this whole bit, yeah, ma, because we were sharing the expenses. And I was like, oh, I should probably jump, you know. And it became one of Rosie's favorite bits. But it, that was a coming out moment. And you have to realize also, for Henry and for Ben, you know, I'm a gay parent. Um, they have to come out all the time. Like, there's a burden for children of LGBTQ um, people always have, they have to come out because people will say, how tall is your dad? Or, um, oh, what is your, you know, they just ask these questions. And when they went to school, all the forms, like I remember Henry would be like, what do I write? It says mother, father. I said, just, you know, let's cross it out. We'll put parent guardian. And then I called uh, Christine Quinn, who was the speaker uh, of the house of New York. And, and, um, I said, can you do something about this? And they changed the forms, but it is, has been an ongoing battle. Um, and I think Henry absolutely knows, oh my God, Madonna, and if it could get it when he was in college, if it could have gotten him late, I'm sure it did. Uh, but I never, this is what's interesting is that I never, when someone said something, you know, you're gay, you know, like someone says something and you could just be like, yeah, no, my girlfriend's it. You know, you could say, they're like, oh, you have a family. Uh, no, you have a girlfriend. Yeah, you know, just to shut them the fuck up. But I ha I couldn't do that ever. I couldn't not, because what kind of, again, what kind of message is that? If the cab driver says, is your dad tall? I say he has two moms. He doesn't have a dad, something. And then maybe they're like, oh, those, those people were really nice. And yeah. Oh, and next next time they vote, you know, whatever. It, you don't know the effect you have on people. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, Ben plays college basketball. I mean, I know, I know because guys, I see it all, all over yeah, your Instagram. These guys are, you know, from such different backgrounds. They come here. They have they have holidays with us. You know. It's a different kind of family, but they're so, they feel loved and you realize, and also after 9-11, so many kids didn't have, you know, both parents, right? Or people yeah. lived with their grandparents or something. And like, it wasn't even about just being gay. It's like, change these forms to reflect the kind of families that are real, that are in this country, you know? I don't know, when when Madonna was singing to Henry, did she sing a Madonna song? Oh, I don't. I know. I think it was a baby song, like "Twinkle Twinkle." I don't remember it. And 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 then he's like, "I'm like, oh, Henry, not that." I mean, it's a month old, maybe. Not in you front know. of. Well, she's about to embark on a. I know her new tour. So you know, forty years, you can you can take Henry, maybe have like a reunion. Oh my God, uh, that I would love to. Can you believe it's been forty fucking? I mean, no, no, because then you're like, is it? And I'm like, oh my God, wait, the first Madonna album was 1983. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I was in college, and and then you know we went to see Fleetwood Mac um, a few years ago. Elisa and I, my lover. Um, and you look around and everyone's old and you're like, oh my God, you know, it's just, it's just funny. It's yeah. But you never think you're old. That's the thing. People don't understand you. You're, you're 60. You think you're 25. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, fuck, 
But other than that, when you're not looking in the mirror, you're like, oh, yeah, I you can go that far. You yeah, you, you feel young, right? Yeah, I, I, always. I always feel young. Although I think that's good because I don't think that's necessarily everyone. Like, don't you know the type that's like, oh, this. And yeah, like, you're I literally see, yes. 62 and you're right. acting like you're 99 million right, years old. Yeah. Like, that but will never be me. Yes, absolutely. Maybe it's because we live in New York and we're like on the go and, you know. Oh, please. There's plenty of like 60 something year olds who are like, eh. Would you give, what advice would you give to yourself just starting out as you look back on your career, as you're about to headline this show? I would say, follow your gut. Follow your, my gut has never been wrong. And there have been times where I have been like, oh, but wishy-washy. And don't ever let anyone tell you what you can and cannot say on stage. Like, that's your time. Adrian Tulsh, rest in peace, was um, this fantastic, fantastic comedian who was the uh, MC on Monday nights at, at Catch Rising Star when I had first started. And she would do, she would bring in all the new talent. And she once said to me, you know, just remember when you're on stage, that's your time. You were granted, you know, what, 15 minutes, whatever you do with what you want with that time you earned that and and i i i often think that when people are like can you not say anything and can you not mention it i'm just like don't hire me you know don't don't ask me to be someone i'm not because you're uncomfortable unless you're paying really well right then yeah hey available yeah. for hire everybody yeah as we wrap up too, I just want to ask you, like, what are your guilty pleasures? Like, I am taking it, like, you know, we have a lot of, like, reality TV fans that are listening, Kardashians, Housewives. I can't picture you sitting home and watching any of this. No. Are you into, and, like, I do you have, I, I thought maybe you did. Yeah, I really hate it. It's just, it drives me crazy, because I also know that it's all fake, you know? I did reality TV. We did Wife Swap. We were the first um, gay couple on wife swap it's just all what are my guilty i don't know if i ever um like do you get into any of like the like ryan murphy like who's done so much for the, the you know like like dahmer was great oh my god it was so good niecy nash niecy nash is winning like everything oh, i know she's fucking great she is so fucking talented um I have a friend who's not really in the media and doesn't know. And like, I was saying, she's like, wait, where was Niecy Nash in Dahmer? And she was like, what? That was, I'm like, yes, sweetie. Oh, she was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, he's really, and what he's done for the gay community. Um, and like the media, right? Like that's a I big step forward. I one of his shows. I just want, I'm like the only gay who's never been in his shows, but he's fucking genius. He is genius. Um, you would be great in a Ryan Murphy. I would p- put it out there. Everyone, please. Ryan, uh, I love you. American horse. Yeah, he lives in Provincetown. Hi. I live in Provincetown. Hi. Um, we have we have Sandy B. We have Sandra Bernhardt is, you know, in, yeah, in the universe on, now. Yes. So let's just she's get the, you on there, Judy. I love you. Um, my guilty pleasure. I mean, it's so bad. 
Um, I watch a lot of tennis. Like, really? Yeah, I love tennis. And Elisa, my love, loves basketball. Uh, uh, I watch tennis and, and basketball, but uh, she loves football. So I'm kind of learning to use sports to get my mind off of, you know what I mean? Yeah. This fucking shit of the world. Well, tennis is a good one. Uh, Martina Navratilova is on Real Housewives of Miami. I don't know if you're aware of this. Like, she's really? on. Her wife is one of the. So when the wife first got cast, of course, you know, stunt casting, maybe. Right. You're like, Martina will be on one scene. No, 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 no. She's literally on the show. I'm like, what world is this that way? She's literally oh, on the right. show. She's not a housewife, but her wife is. And she's right. literally on it she's in it she speaks up she's in the, i'm like what is right. going on in this world so there you go that's great well everyone needs to come and see I, i'm gonna be there fyi i will be there you know march you better 4th. be there it starts previews march 4th and if another person writes we need tickets to march 4th and i'm like it's the first preview you asshole so don't tell me when you're coming Okay. There's many other days because it opens yeah. on March 21st and it's all through April 16th. And you can just take the subway to work now or, or walk. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 59, 59 East 59. We like that. I can ride my bike. Yeah. I, it's going to be great. I can't wait. The book was phenomenal. I can't wait to see this live. Oh, and thank you. E.D. Wong is great. So I'll share links with oh. everyone and you'll have to come back okay. on. I really appreciate this. I can't wait. Thank All right. Thank you. you. Thank you. See you later. All right. Good job, Tiff. You too. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.